God ain't gonna give up on his purpose for you. But whatever God has for you, he gonna see to it that that happens. Because whatever he has for you, no man can get in the way of that. Because whatever fate has for you, fate has for you. Whatever God got for you, no man can get in the way of. Salute, salute, salute. What's popping with y'all on this beautiful Sunday, man? Salute to Pharrell. What God has for you, no man can get in the way of. The modern-day Babylon, man. Is that where we living at if you living in America? Is this a godless country? Is God's people being removed from this place? Like, the modern-day Babylon, man. It's a lot of evil going on. It's a lot of conversations that I want to have on this episode. We had a full week of, like... Informational content being released A full week of it Like It was so much content That I couldn't even keep up Real talk The Cat Williams interview On Joe Rogan Was phenomenal It may not Get as many likes Views It may not trend as hard As the one on Club Shay Shay But boy it was a good one I tell you If that's of your interest Like Being curious man Are you curious about the things that people think don't exist or is not real or theories are you curious about those type of things because i am tucker carlson you know i don't do too much political talk or talk about world leaders and the directions countries are going in and things but that tucker carlson interview on uh, lex freeman's podcast it 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 was great. It was a great episode, and I suggest everybody that's interested in world leaders, countries, the country that you live in, and the lies being told by the media. He was sincere in some of the things that he said. Like people will not listen to certain individuals because they disagree with a lot of the points and the conversations that they talk about. But me, if I disagree with you, it makes me want to listen more. If I agree with you, then we don't have nothing to to talk about. If I'm agreeing with everything, it's not interesting. So I'm going to talk about some of the points that really struck my brain and got my brain going and my juices flowing. Pause. (laughs) They got me going on that conversation, and we're going to talk about that also. But before I get into those things, I'm going to talk about hip-hop. That's what I specialize in, hip-hop conversations. That's my one of my first loves, hip-hop, man. I grew up wanting to create hip-hop, loving the rhyme patterns, the wordplay, the instrumentals, the soul samples. I love hip-hop, man. It's something that you're not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to remove myself from. It's just, I know a lot of foolishness go on in hip-hop. We talked about the Diddy situation and Meek Mill and all of that. That was entertaining for the week, but we got to get into some educational stuff when it comes to hip-hop because you can learn through hip-hop. We got to talk about the Cam Newton response. I told y'all, I told y'all on that last episode that why is he putting himself in that situation? Like sometimes once you get into a certain position, you have to value yourself more. You have to view yourself as more. Some people will look at that like you being an asshole, but that's not true. You just have to do what you have to do to protect yourself and to protect your brand and to protect your family if you are the breadwinner. And your kids and and the people, your legacy, the people that you're employing, you have to protect yourself. 
And ESPN put out a list of the top five greatest. Co- no, they put out a list of top 10. I broke mine down to top five. But they put out a list of top 10 greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Y'all know I'm from a college town, Knoxville, Tennessee. I love college football. I love the ACC. The ACC, the Pac-12, I, I just love it all, man. And I give y'all my top five, and I would love for y'all to give me y'all top five college quarterbacks of all time in the comment section also. But with no further ado, let's get into the podcast. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I'm going to start this episode off with Candace Owens. I'm excited to see that Candace Owens will be doing a podcast with Joe Budden on his Patreon. And it should be releasing Monday. That's what he said on his last episode on the Saturday episode that the episode with Candace Owens should be releasing Monday. And they are like two of the people that I listen to the most. And I want I'm glad to see that they collaborated and came together and made one episode. And I I just I'm excited to hear it. I like when people collaborate and do dope things or whatever. But she spoke on an interview recently before the one released with Joe Button that she lost respect for Jay-Z. And why? Listening to Jay-Z. I would say Jay-Z and Kanye probably had the biggest influence on me. And there's a lot in Jay-Z's music that I'm so grateful for because he made it clear on how to move in a business room, I would say. Yeah. So many of his lyrics talking about, you know, this is how I think about it when they want me to do their shows. Like, how are they benefiting off of me, my brand? He's thinking like a boss. But then he gets up on stage and he, him and his wife tell people to vote for Hillary Clinton. I know Jay-Z is smart enough to know that's wrong. I know he's smart enough to those because I listen to the DNA of his music. So if you got out, why don't you tell other people how to get out? And that's when I lost respect for Jay-Z. And it is what made me gain more respect for Kanye because he is willing to say stuff that makes him unfavorable in Hollywood, where I think Jay-Z really cares about what Hollywood thinks about him. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. It's pollen season. Pollen season at pollen outside, boy. Um, the key word was respect. My perspective on the word respect when it comes to artists and entertainers. I can enjoy the creativity, the things that you create, the success that you have, what you're doing to entertain me. But I don't know you as a human being to not respect you and to respect you. So she said she lost respect for Jay-Z. It's certain actions that Jay-Z do that is questionable to me. It's a lot of acts that all artists do that is questionable to me. We see what Diddy going through. We see Meek Mill is a gangster rapper. And now they're saying that he's fornicating with another man that is hmm, P. Diddy that's going through a lot of lawsuits and things. So, she, but she said she gained respect for Kanye West because he stand on things that she can agree with. That makes him not likable to Hollywood and to society. I understand where she's coming from with that because of the Republican aspect. And 
Kanye saying that George Bush don't like black people. Kanye, he putting on the MAGA hat and all of that type of stuff. And the White Lives Matter t-shirt, all of the things that he do to make people dislike him. But it's a message to some of the things that he say. Now, I agree with her when it comes to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, at that time, I kind of wanted her because I was thinking it was like it was going to be an extension of Bill Clinton's presidency. But because I like Bill Clinton's presidency, to be honest with you, I didn't know much about politics back then. I wasn't even caring, but the world was much smoother. And me not knowing about politics and stuff, I wanted it to go back to that. Now, in this world, nothing goes backwards. Everything continues to evolve and moves forward. So with that being said, like I agree with her on the Hillary Clinton because we would we would have got to the point to where we're at now faster if Hillary Clinton would have won the presidency with our leaders being obedient to the invisible people. That's what I'm going to say. So, but when it comes to respect, like Kanye West is, he, he has the best album of all time to me. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy as my favorite hip hop album of all time. And he does a lot of questionable things. He say a lot of questionable things. He he says that he has mental health issues. He's bipolar. He's all types of stuff, though. But if you all of that, how can I respect your words or trust what you're saying is authentic and and value what you have to say? And as of recently, Kanye West has went off the rocker with something that he said about Adidas. Let me explain really clear to you guys what's happening with Adidas. It's not only are they putting out fake colorways that are non-approved, they're suing me for $250 million, and they're also not paying me for these shoes that they're putting out that have my name on it. And they're using contract clauses and 50 years of business experience to rape an artist, one of y'all favorite artists, right in front of y'all in broad daylight. Now, he's talking to his audience and he's trying to weaponize his audience against Adidas. When just previously, a week before that, he was taking pictures with the CEO of Adidas. Now, you're confusing your audience, Kanye, because I'm a supporter of your creativity and your music. I love the the recent album you just dropped with Ty Dolla Sign. But I want to say something, though. Now, he chose to sign that contract. Me and Troy talked about this on the Two Brothers podcast a lot when hip-hop artists sign contracts. When it's just dealing with music, but this is different with Kanye West. This is his shoes. But it's still a contract, and you accepted the terms on that contract. They are creating a style of shoe that you didn't approve, and they're suing you for $250 million. And they're not paying you for the new shoes that they didn't approve, and they're getting away with it. Because of the agreements and the terms and the conditions on their contract. Now, you want your fans to sympathize with you. Majority of your fans are black people. The black people that are your fans, one time you said slavery was a choice. Why would we sympathize with you and, and, and feel some type of way about your contract when it was a choice? So it's all about decisions that we make. If slavery was a choice, which it wasn't to me. 
why are we concerned about the choice that you made signing that contract with Adidas? I can't stand for the foolishness, dog. I really can't stand for the foolishness. Now, we're going to get into a conversation about paying homage. Or is this thievery? You know, Cameron, 50 Cent, Nas, the GOAT, my favorite rapper. Well, I don't like using that word after what I just heard Cat Williams say on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. I don't like using that GOAT now. And I, I, I understand something and I've been knowledgeable about this, but sometimes you lose your way. But is this paying homage or is this thievery? Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action, Madden. Michael, take your pick. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. Your reign on the top was short like leprechauns. Your reign on the top was shorter than leprechauns. My brain on the top is long like marathons. When the Remy's in the system, ain't no telling. Will I fuck them, will I diss them? When the Remy's in the system, ain't no telling. When I fuck them, will I diss them? Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Baby. Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be Now, I got something to say about that. I couldn't wait to address this also because my view on that is that he was paying homage. Just a simple answer. He was paying homage to a friend, to somebody who he's supposed to collaborate with. He's doing that to keep the brother's name alive, to keep his legacy alive. That's, that's purposefully done. He's not biting. You are immature if you think that he has to regurgitate Biggie's rhymes to be relevant. And he did it multiple times. Now, I've written raps. I have people that has created songs around the things that I've done. People that I know. And they didn't steal. They let me know what they did before they released it. And I was happy that they did it. Because they're paying homage. They're showing love. Now... It shows me that a lot of people live with hate, envy, not not wanting to be supportive of what someone is doing, what someone is creating, how someone is building a brand, how someone is keeping a brother's legacy alive. It's just to me, people don't understand what homage is. People won't pay homage. People don't support you. People don't want to see you win. People don't want to see you help nobody else win. So it's not stealing to me specifically. I don't care if he said another one of Big's rhymes. Now, I was talking to a brother about this today. And if you don't know the person. Like Drake or Raw Wave, no disrespect to these artists. Drake don't know DMX. DMX done dissed Drake on a breakfast club and on interviews before. But he's created whole songs around songs that he's created. Is it still when a producer soul samples whole projects? Kanye West been sampling his whole career. Is he a thief? And he don't even know those people. 
Big was Jay Z partner, and y'all hating on Jay Z for keeping his name alive. His own partner. Yeah, y'all crazy, man. Folks be crazy to me. That's that's. So I'm I'm stealing for keeping my partner name alive. I'm trying to understand it because I really don't understand it. I really don't understand that. To be honest with you. Now we're going to mention another one of the greats. I'm getting ready to segue into another topic of discussion. And Stephen A. Smith was on a platform talking about Eminem and Nas. Y'all know my biggest viewed episode on this channel is a review of Nas album. My second biggest episode on this channel is a review of a Nas album. A few thousand. And I want to salute to y'all for a minute before I get into this. Thank y'all for what y'all done this month for the elevation and the helping the channel evolve. We're over 120,000 views this month, over 500 new subscribers on the audio platform. We done did a half a million views, half a million views. I can't believe in myself. I couldn't believe it. And on Spotify alone, we have like 300 people that is <laughs> that is doing their thing, man. That's that's commenting, that's sharing the show, man. Thank y'all for helping me evolve, helping the conversation of hip hop, helping the conversation of just wanting to evolve as a person. And if I get the information, I'm going to share it with y'all. And this is an objective perspective platform. And I just I I don't have no ill will towards anyone. I'm just giving my point of view of the topics at hand. But Stephen A. Smith was asked a question about who is better, Nas or Eminem? Damn, dog. We have Nas versus Eminem. Now this is not right. <laughs> yeah, upper um, management. I think Eminem is one of the greatest ever. I also think Nas is one of the greatest ever. Okay. And Nas's lyrics are off the chain, mm -hmm. but it requires more street knowledge mm -hmm. and more and, and just more of, of, of a comprehension of the verbiage to really dissect as whereas with Eminem, you get it. He gives it to you simple and plain. I'm going to have to say as much as I love Nas and I do love Nas. I have to give the edge to Eminem. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't expect Whoa. that. Whoa. I had to give the edge to Eminem. Now, the best of Nas is better than the best, than of, the best of Eminem. Uh, right. But Eminem's, there's more consistency to his greatness yes. as opposed to Nas is what I'm trying to right, say, right, which right. is why okay. I have to give the edge. Okay. All right. That deserved a DJ Funk Flex bomb. That deserved a DJ Funk Flex bomb. That was a bomb. He said, Nas lyrics require more street knowledge. And I can understand Eminem's message and lyrics more clearer. I'm the total opposite of that. I think the world can understand Nas lyrics much more clearer and simplified than Eminem's lyrics. 
Eminem's lyrics doesn't resonate with my spirit and my soul. That's not what entertains me. Even though Eminem is a great artist. Great artist. Great with the wordplay. It just doesn't resonate with me. Period. Now, Stephen A. Smith, you giving hip-hop's greatest artist, Nostradamus, saying that Eminem's music resonates with you more than hip-hop's greatest artist. Hip-hop's greatest wordsmith. That's, that's your worst take, not your first take, dog. No cow, that's your worst take ever. I never heard him give a take worse than that. And what came to my mind as he was speaking was Dr. Omar when he was on Joe Budden podcast talking about Eminem. It came, it, it, it just came right back to my mind. How can black people who created hip hop culture evolve a man of any other race over the greatest and their own dog. How can you even, even if Eminem was better than Nas, you shouldn't say it. Am I wrong for that? Y'all tell me in the comment section. Am I wrong for that? Because other races and nationalities and ethnicities will not let us come in their thing and say we're the greatest of their thing ever. But another race and ethnicity can come in our thing and say they're the greatest ever. That's bullshit. <laughs> Stephen A, that's your worst take, dog. Now, since I mentioned Dr. Omar, I was listening to him on Nick Cannon new show and he was talking about masculinity and femininity y'all know me I'm a man that says that each human being has both energies each human being has a feminine side and a masculine side and ain't nothing wrong with that but Dr. Umar was talking about blurring the lines entertainers and dresses how real is that I think it's real. Symbols are very important. Our brains are conditioned by what they see and what they hear. The eyes are extremely powerful. On top of that, subliminal suggestion. Subconscious. Absolutely, is a very powerful way to condition people. It's been proven. If nothing else, major black celebrities wearing dresses mm. is sending a message to black boys that blurring the line between masculinity and femininity may not necessarily be a bad thing. Hmm. Blurring the lines between masculinity and femininity may not be a bad thing. We both, we have the same energies. If you own up that your feminine side is stronger than your masculine side. That's you. Accept it. Deal with it. That's you, dog. I can't control people. 
especially in the country we live in. You can't control people and tell people what to do. That's not right. If somebody is um, living in their femininity as a man more, and he's happy doing it, salute. But to survive in this world as a man, you have to tap into your masculine side, man, because we are the builders, the workers, the creators, the the ones that do all the labor and the hard work and cutting the grass and building the buildings and all of that old type of stuff. But ain't nothing wrong as long as you own up to who you are, man. I I, I, I kind of don't agree with Dr. Umar in that, in that aspect because you can do what you want to. You can choose to be and you can do what you want to. Now, what I don't agree with is hiding it. Hiding it. And then when you get alone, you're soft. Like me, man, I, I'm, I, when I go to work and when I'm doing my thing, I stay in my masculine energy. I'm, I'm, lit, I'm lit. I'm, You know what I mean? I'm just I'm telling y'all how I roll. When I'm at work, I'm all in my masculine energy. When I'm out in the streets, I got my head on a swivel looking around for the for anything going on. When I'm at home with my wife in the comfortableness of our home, I'm softer than whoopee cushion, than a pillar, nigga. I'm soft. And I can't be that. And I'm on internet telling y'all that. And I don't even have to. But I'm soft. Because I done gave all my masculine energy to the world, man. I want to come home and relax. This is my place of comfort. I want to put on my robe, put a sip a glass, sip a glass of wine, AC blowing, fresh, fly in a frisbee, doing my thing, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm cooling. But if a man want to be like that when he's out in the world, that's cool. As long as that's you and you know that's you, and you can change, you can switch back over to your masculine energy if you want to. But what nobody's gonna tell me. Is that we don't have both energies. We get ready to get into the conversations of Tucker Carlson's interview. We're going to touch basis on Cam Newton's response. And we're going to also talk about Cat Williams on Joe Rogan. But before that, we're going to promo some of my music. Snake the Great, I wouldn't change nothing. Let's go. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. I had to get me something. I came up from nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. To get me something, I came up from nothing. I had to change my mental, upgrade my credentials. How a nigga came up, it wasn't accidental. Now monumental, more like legendary. A player never worry, bumping pop, hell murder. 
Jewelry trap Thought for Blackberry Ain't contrary to your belief I made it at them streets Don't acknowledge beef Kept the play discreet We too unique On the winning streak Spent a couple racks At the boutique I wouldn't change nothing I'm always me Never took a plea Nigga you a flea I'm your OG's OG He called me for inspiration Need a consultation Just make the payment For the conversation If it's elevation Or innovation My expectation Ain't limitation You need a demonstration My track record And reputation Should be admiration That's confirmation I'm decoration For the trenches Off the benches Jump the fences No penny pension We off the hinges Hit the shot My team winning The series clinching You niggas finished Never timid I've been a menace No old dog And every day is printed Haters living Cause my life changed Should be happy But you a real lame If I had to do it I'm if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. Okay, so the Lex Friedman podcast, they had Tucker Carlson on. It was talking about the war in Ukraine on the episode. They was talking about America funding the war in Ukraine. It was talking about his interview with Vladimir Putin in Russia and how he looked at the infrastructure of Russia how when he went to the grocery store he seen that the prices was way lower than Americans prices he seen that they wasn't dealing with inflation even though they have sanctioned Vladimir Putin's money in America his earnings he doesn't even need it <laughs> the country don't even need it they're not dealing with lack he talked about how clean the country was in comparison to the United States. Y'all know, man, ball and I visited L.A. a couple of years ago. Or like, no, it was um, a couple of months ago when I was in L.A. Let me quit saying visit it because I'm there frequently and going to be there more frequently. But when I was in L.A., it was the filthiest place I've ever been in my life. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. It was dirty. And why is that? Why do we have to live like that in America? He was talking about how he felt safer in the streets of Russia than he does in the United States. Why do we deal with such poverty in the richest country in the world? Why is it so much homelessness in the richest country in the world? Why is it just the way it is, period? And he explained some things like, we are being lied to, dog. Um, so, well, the, the central planning point is really interesting, but I, I just don't, I, I don't know where you're coming from. There's a capitalist system. I mean, the United States is one of the most successful capitalist systems in the history of, of Earth. So to what's say, the most successful? I'm just saying that I think it's changed a lot in the last 15 years and that we need to update our assumptions about what we're seeing. Sure. And that's, that's true up and down. That's true with everything. It's true with your neighbor's children who you haven't seen in three years and they come home from Wesleyan and you're like, Oh, you've grown. That is true for the world around us as well. And most of our assumptions about immigration, about our economy, about our tax system are completely outdated. If you compare them to the current reality. 
And so I'm just for updating my files and I have a big advantage over you because I am middle-aged and so I don't... You've called yourself old so many times throughout the I don't summer. trust my perceptions of yes. things, so I'm constantly trying to be like, is that true? Yeah. I should go there. You know, I should see it. And I guess just in the end, I trust... I trust direct perceptions. Like, I don't trust the internet, actually. Wikipedia is a joke. Wikipedia could not be more dishonest. It's certainly in the political categories or things that I know a lot about. Occasionally, I read an entry written about something that I saw or know the people involved. And I'm like, well, that's a complete liar. You left out the most important fact. And it's like, it's not a reliable guide to reality or history. And that will accelerate with AI, where history, our perception of the past is completely controlled um, and distorted. So I think just getting out there and seeing stuff and seeing that Moscow was not what I thought it would be, which was a smoldering ruin, you know, rats in a garbage dump. It was nicer than New York. What the hell? Direct data is good, but it's challenging. For example, if you talk to a lot of people in Moscow or in Russia and you ask them, is there censorship? They will usually say, yes, there is. Oh, yeah, of course there is. Well, I agree. I mean, just to be clear, I'm not. I have no plans to move to Russia. I think I would probably be arrested if I moved to Russia. Ed Snowden, who is you know, the most famous sort of openness, transparency advocate in the world, I would say, along with Assange, doesn't want to live in Russia. He's had problems with the Putin government. He's attacked Putin. They don't like it. I mean, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, what are the lessons for us? And the main lesson is we are being lied to. It, like in a way that's bewildering and very upsetting. I was mad about it all eight days I was there. <clears throat> I traveled outside the country for the first time in my life two years ago, and I seen some things differently. I love the United States, and I, I wish that our country could unite the main word, the first word in the United States of America. Why don't we just change it to the divided states of America? Because we're so caught up in this political party, the Democrats, the Republicans, when the left wing and the right wing is actually the same bird. But I just I just want things to be different. I want to see things evolve. He spoke also about crime. And how crime can be resolved. But it's so profitable that we don't want to resolve it. We don't want to resolve crime. And, you know, I, I come up in impoverished communities to the status and the level I'm at now in life. And I've seen people seek finances. Seek power over one another and when I look at that that's the opposite of united of uniting I would like to see all people want to help each other grow help each other become more knowledgeable help each other have a purpose in life your purpose might not be the same as mine but I want to see you achieve the purpose that you have for your life, that you see for yourself. And our leaders don't want that. 
All leaders like crime because it's profitable. All leaders see dirty cities and say, they'll say that that's a sign of freedom. When it's really not, dog. Here's Tucker some more of the conversation. You said leaders kill, leaders lie. Yeah. I don't believe in leaders very much. Like this whole like, oh, Zelensky's Jesus and Putin's Satan. It's like, no, they're all leaders of countries. Okay. Like grow up a little bit, you child. Do you, have you ever met a leader? Like all of the, first of all, anyone who seeks power is damaged morally, in my opinion. You shouldn't be seeking power. You can't seek power or wealth for its own sake and remain a decent person. That's just true. So there aren't any like really virtuous billionaires and there aren't any really virtuous world leaders. You have grades of virtue. Some are better than others for sure. But I mean, in other words, Zelensky may be better than Putin. I'm open to that possibility. But to claim that one is evil and the other is virtuous, it's like you're revealing that you're a child. You don't know anything about how the world actually is or what reality is like it's I, it's, uh, it's that's quite a realist perspective but there is a spectrum there's Jackson podcast i remember when i was young i used to look at presidents and people that was leaders teachers community people bus drivers police officers as people who contributed to Helping me get to where I want to get to. You know, like a teacher taught me. They they cared. They cared about my well-being and my evolution, me growing as a person. Now I see people want those positions, not teachers or whatever, but presidents, directors, VPs of companies and presidents of the United States, senators, mayors, they want that because they want a sense of power and stability over other people to, to see themselves as more than you. And that's wrong. That's not morally correct. Like what Tucker was saying, people will strive and die and work and stay on their computer and read a million books to try to achieve and out achieve you so they can obtain power. But that's not what it's about. When you get those roles, you are a public servant. That's why those roles pay less. That's why Trump don't need to be president. Oh, we talking about Trump. This is crazy. Trump don't need to be president for the financial thing for the 400,000 a year. Is that what they still pay the president 400,000 a year? Because I remember that was going around the Internet around the time Bush was president. He don't need that 400000 a year. He don't want the salary. He'll remove the salary and he wants that position for the power. And that power is not morally correct. Let's listen to Tucker some more. Just wanted to hear his perspective. Again, I've probably asked more asshole questions than like any living American. You sure. know, I'm as as has been noted correctly, I'm a dick by my nature. And um, so I don't, I, I just feel at this stage of my life, I didn't need to prove that I could be like, Vladimir Putin, answer the question. Sure. <laughs> it's okay. Sure. You know, I think if I had been 
you know, 34 instead of 54, I definitely would have done that because I would have thought this is really about me and I need to prove myself. And also, no, I, I just, there's a war going on that is wrecking the U.S. economy in a way and at a scale people do not understand. The U.S. dollar is going away. That was, of course, inevitable ultimately because everything dies, including currencies. But that death, that process of death has been accelerated exponentially by the behavior of the Biden administration and the U.S. Congress, particularly the sanctions. And people don't understand what the ramifications of that are. The ramifications are poverty in the United States. Okay. So I just, I just wanted to get to that. Um, because I'm coming at this from not a global perspective. I'm coming at it from an American perspective. Mm. Like war is wrecking the United States. Why are we funding billions and upwards of trillions of dollars to fund something that is not beneficial to the people? I talk about the generation that we're living in today not wanting to go to war. We can't win everything with finances. We have to remove ourselves or not participate in that. The whole world is looking at us to be leaders when we're not leading our own country. Now, I'm about to switch the topic, but I want to tell y'all, man, go check out that interview and have a perspective for yourself. And remain objective because that was a dope conversation and I appreciate that conversation. Now get into the next segment because my time is ticking. This is a pretty good episode, y'all. 40, 41 minutes in right now. We 41 minutes in. I want to talk about the Cam Newton fight. I want to address the fight. On a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how Cam Newton should have not made himself so accessible to people. How he shouldn't have been so accessible. And how did the fight happen in the first place? What was said? What was being done for people to want to get physical? And just yesterday on his show, he addressed the fight. He called me. And even though he was empathetic to understanding where I was coming from, he simply said, Cam, that cannot happen. You mean too much to too many people. Too many people are betting on you to keep their lights on. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, it's, it's never mind me as a father. Because when I say pig, 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 I think about you. I think about the kids who look up to me and also whether they verbalize their appreciation or just stare in amazement, I feel like I let them down. Mm. Because I can't sit up there and say, hey, bro, you got to be bigger than that. And then all of a sudden, I do that. And that just goes to show you, you got to always stay in control of your emotions. Mm. And that's where the humanistic side mm. came in there. And there's no excuse. It's, it's really not. Because... It could have been a melee. Um, more violence could have stemmed from that. Yeah, anything. And it, it, it's just not called for. And on top of that, it's, it's echoing something that's been permeating for years. Black people. 
Got to learn to control your emotions. Shouldn't nothing no man say or do make you get out of character. I'm going to say that again. Shouldn't nothing no man say or do get you out of character. I'm going to say that again. Shouldn't nothing no man say or do get you out of character. And I want to talk about Cam Newton. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, as many of you guys know. And I moved here in 2016. City was lit. The Panthers was lit. Super lit. Kemba Walker was her point guard. City was lit. But as I talked about before I played the clip, Cam Newton's accessibility. It was known here. Uh, what was them little scooters that everybody used to ride back in the days and those 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 little things that people used to put their feet on and used to take them places? I don't know the name of those little rides or whatever, but when you downtown Charlotte, you could see some Cam Newton. Every day. Cam Newton was outside. He was easily accessible. Now, when you have responsibilities, families, kids, mothers, grandmothers, and everybody depends on you, you have to... Value yourself different. You have to protect yourself differently because you have people depending on you. And I salute Cam Newton for how he addressed that, how he said that, how he broke that down, and how he spoke about him knowing that there's no excuse. I messed up. Steph, I apologize, TJ. And I see what y'all doing. I see... And I could call it what it was. It was some words that were said, and, and, and I think the words triggered... Them and it was words that triggered me. So with that, I know what they do for the kids. I know their level of commitment to impacting or using their platform for a positive way in the community. Anybody who takes the time to caters to to be of service to somebody else, my hat goes off to them. And I know what it's like. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy that goes and it's a lot of effort that goes into making these kids lives extremely easy. And I don't want these kids, no matter what team you play for, doesn't matter what sport you play. It could be AAU basketball. It could be football to take this opportunity for granted because there are learning tools that could be had in this in this situation. What I played that clip for at that time is trigger words. You know, playing sports and stuff, people like the camaraderie of the back and forth, the arguing, I'm better than you, I'm shaking you, I'll take you to the hole, you trash, you ain't this, you ain't that. <sighs> I never like to tongue wrestle with other men, me personally. Some people might say that I'm lame for that or I'm not tough or I'm not a tough guy. But I never liked to tongue wrestle with, with dudes. And that just wasn't who I was as a person and who I am still today. And I understand that because it's a part of the game. But when you're in a professional setting, it's police around. It's protection around. It's security around. When you in that 707 league, Cam, and you worth $100 million and you up her tongue wrestling 
with dudes that got to go to work and push a forklift tomorrow. Those emotions run different. You're triggering those guys different. You just have to protect yourself and respect yourself in a different aspect. And that's my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just remaining objective and giving y'all my thoughts and hoping that my thoughts can help y'all provoke thought and think of things differently. But before I switch the topic, I want to say salute to Cam Newton for addressing that and addressing that in an eloquent manner and a way that was professional, man, and him taking accountability. And I appreciate that from any man taking accountability when you're wrong. If I wronged you in life, I apologize. I I would take accountability when we discuss the conversation again. Now, let's let's switch it up. ESPN put out that list, right? Top 10 greatest quarterbacks ever. I only got five in college. And I'm going to give you all my five. And I'm going to tell you why they made it to my five when I address them. So, number one is Tim Tebow. Has to be Tim Tebow, don't it? Tim Tebow was unstoppable. In college football, he was beating the brakes off of everybody. Tim Tebow was unstoppable to me. He was running it. He was probably the first running quarterback in the game to me. And uh, I just got Tim Tebow at number one. Florida, how many championships he won? He won two, two championships. He won two championships. That's what I think. Two. No, he won three, but he wasn't the starting quarterback on that third one. That was unstoppable. I just remember that back in the days. Them boys was unstoppable. Number two, I'm going with Cam Newton. I just got to go with Cam Newton at number two because what he went through, he was a backup for Tim Tebow. Then when he got his opportunity, he made the best of it. I remember the SEC championship game against South Carolina. And, oh, my God, Cam Newton was out there balling. Cam Newton was unstoppable at one point in time. We don't give him the credit that he deserves because of how he went out of the NFL. But at one point in time, he was unstoppable. Number three, I'm going with Joe Burrow. The boy nice. The boy nice. That year of college football might be one of the most disrespectful years of all time. They just was whooping on folk. And it was no denying that they was going to whoop people. I remember talking to one of my friends named Austin. That's an LSU fan. The first game of the season when I watched them play, they were so dominant in that first game. I said, they're going to win the national championship. I was confident in my answer when I said that because they was that dominant. Number four, I'm going with Vince Young. He might not statistically be deserving of number four. He might not be. The best quarterback. I know it's a plethora of others. Y'all see I got Peyton Manning on the imagery, but I'm going to tell y'all why Peyton Manning didn't make my top five. But he's number six for an honorable mention. And I'm from Knoxville, and I'm going to tell you why. But Joe Burrow, number four. I mean, Vince Young, number four. Number five, Johnny Football. Maybe my favorite game of all time in college football history was when Texas A&M beat Alabama. Goodness gracious. That was ridiculous, dog. That game I was on, I ain't even a fan of none of them teams. 
And I was rooting for Texas A&M. The little dude out there running around, running from the big old linebackers and middle linebackers, throwing them incredible passes, doing this thing, exciting the world that night. I remember I was at the Buckhead Tavern at West Knoxville, Tennessee, having a ball that night, man, playing darts and throwing the little sack in the hole. What is that called? I forgot the name of that game, but we was having a ball, drinking and eating chicken wings and stuff before I became vegan. We just... We had a ball that night. And my honorable mention, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. You let this whole city down. You let the whole state of Tennessee down. You went to the NFL and won championships. You had probably one of the meanest rosters in college football history. You had three running, four, three running backs and one fullback. All of them went to the league. You had a plethora of wide receivers, offensive linemen. You had, think about the coaches that you had, dog. You had three coaches that all became head coaches. I ain't even going to say no names right now. Peyton Manning, team, that Tennessee team was loaded. He never beat the Gators his whole four years. Never won a championship. He only won one bowl game in four years. When it counted, you took the L, dog. You can't be a top five greatest. Statistically, you're the greatest. Statistically. But statistics don't win games. My opinion. But salute to Peyton Manning, man. Salute to that. That's my top five greatest quarterbacks. Before I go, though, I'm going to play this snippet because I don't want to run over the hour limit. I would extend the show because I got a lot of things I could talk about. But I'm going to play this. Snippet of Cat Williams leaving Joe Rogan speechless, and I'm gone. Thank y'all for tuning in to the show, man. Peace, love, plenty of abundance. Make sure you go get you some money, and I'm out. Joe Rogan's left speechless. The earliest I had seen that word transgender was Baphomet, the transgender. I knew that in the ritual of Baphomet, the transgender, to show allegiance to him, you had to kiss his ass ring. And that somehow calling people the goat would be normalized over the sheep being always the most popular reference. God damn, we got some good weed, cat. Jesus Christ. This must be the weed I'm trying time. to figure out how to jump in on that. Jackson Podcast.